Good day, my friend. You're at the right place at the right time, and you're about to hear the word of God that God has shared with us during our service time at Truth Gathers Dream Center Church. So I pray that we have your attention for the next few minutes as this word of God comes forth. I pray that it be a blessing to your life and to your journey. Psalm 50 verse 2. Tonight, I'll be sharing with you, it's a time of glory and gathering. Psalm 50 verse 2. You see, there's a reason why your spirit man is stirred this morning. Psalm 50 verse 2. Let's go. The Bible said in Psalm 50 verse 2. of Zion the perfection of beauty God has signed out of Zion the perfection of beauty God has signed you know sometimes you're going about your everyday business can I walk down here right and someone comes to your corner and says, man, you know, you're looking so good. And before then, you were walking in your own style. But when you hear those words, you're looking so good. You're looking handsome. You're looking beautiful. You're looking, there's something about you today. I can't tell, is it your hair? I can't tell, there's something about you all of a sudden there's a jolt of energy which comes into you and you change how you walk you change how you dress you start walking with your shoulders up high because all of a sudden you recognize that there's something excellent about me there's something glorious about me maybe others have not seen it the Bible said in Psalms 50 verse 2, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. When people look at the church, they see a lot of disorderliness and things that are just don't look so perfect. But God looks at his pride and says, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, I will shine forth. What does this mean to you and me? It means that you may be conscious, you may be so conscious of your personal weakness and your inabilities. But God is looking at you and says, guess what? You are perfect in beauty. He says, you are my righteousness. It means God is going to take you through a process where he's going to wash away your sins. He's going to take you through a process where he is going to take every blemish from your life and he says you are going to be called the perfection of beauty when the church begins to hear these words from the one he loves all of a sudden the church begins to walk in their true identity because they recognize that i am black but i am comely that song of solomon i am beautiful in the eyes of god 
I am not all damaged goods. I'm not just my stories of trauma and stories of falling down and it's like no good can come out of me. I'm not just what my college degree represents. I am the perfection of God's beauty. Or God is seeking to perfect his beauty right through my life. And God spoke to me in the coming here that the church is coming into a season where we'll be clothed with the beauty and the glory of God in dimensions like we've never seen before. What does this look like? It looks like the glory of God will come upon you and even in your mental faculty, the things you could not comprehend, all of a sudden the mind of Christ will superimpose your mind and all of a sudden you'll be able to birth solutions for the world that has been looking for these solutions will come to your door. They will say, we have looked around. There is no one who carries a brilliant mind like you. And God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my glory on my church. I'm going to cause them who believe to come into the place where my glory will not just be upon them. I will shine through them. Are you ready for God's glory to shine through your life? I'm not just talking about we come to church and we are dancing. I'm talking about you're walking at Walmart and the glory of God is upon you. And the Bible said God will shine forth from the church. The church is not what we meet here on Sunday. Every single day of your life, he seeks forth to glorify himself to you. And God wants to shine forth on a dimension like the church has never known before. I remember so many years ago, I would sit in a home with an old prophet. And as we sat reading the Bible and having devotion, the glory of God entered right where we were sitting. And I said, God, did you wait for the praise and worship team to come on the scene? Didn't you wait for us to pray enough and to stir up? You know, sometimes we stir up the atmosphere. And we were sitting there and the presence of God came and we were all on our faces for hours. And I said, what is this? God did not know it's not time for church. (laughs) Because it's 5 a.m. God's vision for us is that wherever we go, his glory will shine so his kingdom will come. And the church of Jesus Christ has lived celebrating ankle level glory. The glory that we dance in the church and when we step out of the church, the glory is finished. It's like you're going back to a life without glory. A life without the influence of God. But he's saying that it's time for you to enjoy perfection where you can carry his glory day and night night and day wherever you step you'll carry that same dimension of glory in other words the miracles we see in the church we will see it right at home the the breakthroughs so you come to church and you pray for a breakthrough and you're sitting in the lunchroom with your colleague at work and you say you know what god is right here in jesus name receive a breakthrough The glory of God is causing the church to contend for his glory to fill the whole earth. Not just 1317 High Road. Oh yes. I found it interesting when the glory of God came into my bathroom one day. I was taking a good shower and the glory of God. I said, God, what are you doing in this shower time? This is just me and you, Lord. 
And I was, I was surprised because God's glory began to come to places I did not expect. Honestly, if you're struggling with fornication or adultery in this church, the secret to getting free is the glory of God. You know why? You cannot fornicate when the glory of God is watching you right there. Actually, you say, God, will you excuse me to sin? And he would say, you belong to me. So the reason why we can freely fornicate and commit adultery and commit all kinds of sins is that we lack a consciousness of the manifest glory of God. He says, I'm with you always, but it seems that there are times where you can sneak past God and get all by yourself and do what you want. When God begins to activate this dimension of his glory, you will start praying, God, leave me alone. God, I just want some me time. This is when you're watching Netflix and the glory of God is sitting there and God says, turn that channel, boy. Turn that channel, boy. He said, God, I love that movie. He says, they are killing too many people in the movie. I'm not in favor of this. He said, God, it's just a movie. He says, no, you're staining your soul. Do we wonder why there's so much gun violence in our country? When for a long time, Hollywood has pushed violence. All we see is if someone does something against you and you're unhappy, you can take vengeance upon them. My favorite heroes were uh, Rambo, Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Why? He could do it all by himself. And the famous stories would be a story of a little boy who had gone through a traumatic event and would grow up and out of vengeance go through training and drilling and the story always ended one way he would grow up and wipe them all out and so a generation grew up knowing only one thing to do to take revenge and crush your enemies Jesus comes on the scene and says pray for your enemies love them who hate you Jesus said actually feed them God, you mean I should go to buy groceries at Publix, not Walmart? (laughs) Now, if if you do grocery shopping, you know where to get good veggies, right? Oh, yeah. And prepare a meal for my enemy? If you work at Walmart, no pun intended. (laughs) But you know where the good stuff is, right? I should go get groceries and prepare a meal for my enemy. The Bible says when you do that, you heap whole coals upon your head. You need to practice this. I practiced this so much my enemies became my friends. I was like, this guy, there's nothing I can do that will upset him. I was like, you know, it's not that there's nothing you can do that can upset me. It's that I'm a slave, I'm a servant to the king. And the king commands that I live at peace with all men. And so I'm going to love you through the mess and so they just gave up hating me till another generation of haters arose a christian without haters is a man pleaser i wonder if i can even preach this morning jesus speaking to his disciples he says that if i yet please men i am not a servant of the lord 
Many Christians live their lives to please people. You live to please your pastor, so you come to church at nine instead of coming at ten. Not because of the Lord. We have exchanged living for God to living to please others. And sometimes living to please ourselves. But if we're going to carry God's glory, if God is going to take center stage again in our life, then it has to be about him and him alone. In other words, if you're married, my wife is not here, she sends her greetings. She'll be able to look at your wife and say, you know what, if not for the love of Jesus Christ... If not for the love of Jesus Christ, I would not have been able to be this kind of man to you. If you're not married, you will not understand. There are times where you just look at your wife and say, oh my God. You're the one who is destined how marriage should be. So I'm going to live by your standards. It's so important that you remove the cancer that is plaguing the body of Christ to please men. So you come to church and the people leading prayer would come and they've not had time with the Holy Spirit and they come here and say, lift up your voice and pray. And they're trying to stir in the atmosphere so that pastor can say they're anointed. So we even do religious things out of pleasing one another and not pleasing God. If you do live your life seeking to please any other than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm here to inform you on Judgment Day, you will suffer loss. Paul preaching speaks about a generation of preachers rising who are preaching so that they, out of something called selfish ambition, they are preaching to outdo each other. They are preaching to draw the crowds. And is it not why our churches carry less and less of God? Because the preachers would dare not say, what God has told them to say. If so, the church will be empty. If we are going to carry the glory of God and live for his glory, it's time for a new generation of preachers to arise who are not afraid to say what is on the heart of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's so important. All right, so... I'm a prophet by calling. God called me as a very young age. And so when I come for services like this, my prophetic side, I have about five pages of prophecies for this church. And I have 10 pages of teaching for the church. And I have 20 minutes. <laughs> so even if I preach for 10 minutes, I prophesied for five minutes. There's only five minutes left for the glory of God and the power of God to move in the church. So what do I do as a prophet? I do what I can and leave the rest of the Lord. 
And so I'm going to share with you a few prophetic words, and then we go into God's word for today. I believe it's going to be a blessing. If you do have a pen and a notebook, this is your time to write. In the coming year 2024 or 5784, the Lord said, it's a time to move from agreement to the abundance of witnesses. I will begin to speak to the church that you have three years more. The years 2024 to 2026 will be vital transformational time for the church and for the whole world. I saw three important things that we must have if we are going to go successfully through these three years. We need to build character like Joseph built character in the home of Potiphar. We need to build character and then begin to grow the gifting like Joseph grew his gifting in the prison. And then we need to add a combination of character, gift, and wisdom so that we can thrive in Pharaoh's palace and serve the world. I saw in a vision, the Lord was showing me different patches were coming together to make a coat. And the Lord says, for the spirit of robbery has come and divided asunder my body and they do not carry the fullness of my glory. He says for this coming year, you know, as we came into this year, everybody says five, seven, eight, four. They are seeing doors. They are seeing doors. They are seeing doors. Some people heard prophetically it's a year of the door, open door. You know, when I saw God's face, I saw the Lord said, it's the year of more than the door. It will begin with the door, but it's the year of my house. And the Lord says, I'm giving my church three keys. And I want you to write this part down because if I cannot preach, if you have these three keys, you will excel in the coming days. It says, I'm giving my church three keys to unite the church and maximize the resources I've given them to be able to enter every door and build the houses that I've called them to build. The first key, it says, is the key of strength. I am calling the church to assess your strengths and weaknesses. You must not underestimate over or overestimate the strengths and weaknesses you have so you would have fewer losses and more victories in the coming year. So one of the reasons why the church has not been able to take the land or one of the reasons why you and me have not been able to inherit all that God is saying. He says that we've been missing one first key, which is the key of not assessing properly what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And so we run to battle thinking we have a thousand men and we arrive with only one person. So the church is planting churches we are planting churches we are doing events and we think we have a troop of a thousand and we get to the battleground we have only two and so the church has gone through seasons of suffering losses because we have not properly assessed what our strengths are as we approach the doors that god is opening in front of us and of course, if you want a great verse, which everyone is using for that, I will share that with you. It's 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. A great and effectual door is open to you, but there are many adversaries. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. A great and effectual door is open for you, a great, but there are many adversaries. The second key the Lord showed me, he says that it's time for the church to decide which specific strategy they have to use 
to have victory at the gates and in the cities they dwell in. One of the things the Lord spoke to me, the Bible says, Jotham became great and mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord. If Thanksgiving, how many people like Thanksgiving is coming up? So depending on the family you come from and how you prepare for Thanksgiving, right? Because there are different meals you have to make and each of the meals are prepared differently. The Lord said to me that we need strategic preparation for the specific victories we're looking for. The problem in the past is that the church has done a preparation and says it's one size fits all. So we're saying, oh, we're discipling our raising people for Jesus, but we're forgetting that in the army they're specialists. So you need tailored trainings, tailored preparations for tailored victories. And so whatever specific destiny or victory God has put before you, as you're jumping into the new year, the Lord says there is a required preparation. There are specific preparations for every job out there. You're believing God for a breakthrough? You've prayed for so many years. It's time to go back to school. You've prayed for so, so many years. Go to Udemy and learn a new skill. Sometimes the reason why Christians are excluded from promotion at work is because they don't have the extra skill that puts them ahead. And so it's not God does not want to give you the breakthrough. Joseph, even though God had given him a great destiny, he had to learn management in the prison. Until he learned management, he would never go even into the palace. So this year, wherever palace, wherever place God has given you to walk in, you need to find what are the skills I need. What are, this church has a vision for 2024. What are the things we need to prepare to get us there? So the second key is what specific strategy, and this is not my preaching, this is just me sharing with you uh, words for the church. What specific strategy do we have to put in place so that we do not repeat another 2023? You come to church and say, today is your day of breakthrough. And then you come next week, today is your day of breakthrough. And then it's 2023 and we say, next year, I see God come through for you. And you come again, next year, I see. And as a Christian, it's about time you begun to ask yourself, something is not adding up. It's either the pastors are lying to us or we're missing out on an important piece which is called strategy. The church has over-spiritualized what it takes to take action. We either took no action or we took not enough action to have the results that God called us to. In the Bible, we see that every time God will lead God's people to do have a victory, take over a city, he will give strategy. So we need to seek his face for tailored strategy. Listen, if you need to get married in this church, the strategy you have to employ is different from the one who's looking for a job. If you need, you believe God is sending you as a pastor and as a missionary, your training is different from someone who's singing in the choir. That's right. 
without the right strategy, we will never come into our inheritance as believers. And the time has come for Christians to say, if we have access to the mind of Christ, it's time for us to mind the mind of Christ. In other words, we need to tap into his mind. We need to know the right strategy so our situation can change. Are you ready for your situation to change? You need to find the right strategy. The second S. And then the last S, so I can share more things. It's what system is going to get me there what routine what system so the last key is the right system most christians are not disciplined with the right systems or with the right programs that will get them into their inheritance and until you've set up the right systems you will continue to be a dreamer You say, oh, God is touching my finances and he's giving me breakthrough. And you don't have a strong financial system for when money comes into your hand. (laughs) The average believer prays to God for a breakthrough and God puts $1,000 into their hand, puts $10,000 in their hand and they call their girlfriend. Hi, girlfriend, can we go to Red Lobster? And in less than three days, the first week, they go to the mall. They say, let's go to Panama City. There's some outlet shops there, 150 shops. Let's go shopping because I just got my breakthrough. And in less than two weeks, they realize that their rent is up. They realize that their children need money for their school. And they come running to the pastor and say, pastor, I need God to give me a breakthrough. We do not as a church have the right systems to benefit from the miracles he's giving us. So like today, I would come, I'll preach, I'll prophesy, I'll lay hands on people. But without the right systems, we can't amount to much. And so the Bible says that it seems that the children of this world are wiser why are they wiser they honor systems the church of jesus christ does not honor systems when you ask he said oh god will do it when you ask he said oh the holy ghost there is nowhere in the bible that the holy spirit arrives on the scene without direction But we have a generation of Christians who speak that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and have no direction. Which kind of Holy Ghost is that? Listen, if you come to me as a prophet and you tell me the Holy Spirit says to you to move to Jacksonville, you better go to Jacksonville and prosper in the way that it shows the finger of God. There are too many Christians who are lying that the Holy Ghost is telling them to do things without the right systems. And so it's almost made a mockery of the prophetic. Because you told us that the Holy Ghost said, this man is your husband. And you're the same sister who came to me two weeks ago and says, man, I think I made a mistake. Was it not that Holy Ghost who spoke to you? 
It's because we do not honor systems. We do not honor the marriage system, the finance system. We do not honor the systems. I love when I see you play instruments. And it's so exciting because I grew up from a musical family. And one of the things that can help you to be a better instrumentalist is practice, practice, practice. They will tell you that sitting in church and being excited about the praise and worship does not make you a good instrumentalist. Is that true? Actually, watching videos at home does not make you a good instrumentalist. Until you go into practice mode and action mode, the Bible says that you are deceiving your own self. For faith without works is dead. When we decide to be a church which is more excited about speaking than doing, we are not the church of Jesus Christ. And so, without believing God for the right systems, the church of Jesus Christ will never possess the nations for his glory. Yes, sir. Oh, anyways, I guess I'm sharing prophetic words with you. I need to preach because of time. The Lord said, it's going to be a season of great acceleration. I'm doing a quick work in the earth. And people will ask when, where, and how did these things begin to happen? It says, the master keys of strength, strategy, and systems will help you to get ahead in the coming year. Everything God has given you to do, you need to ask, what are the strength? Assess your strength. What is the strategy? And what is the system I can put in place? And we'll get ahead. People are waiting for 31st December. Guess what? We can start today as a church and begin to receive. I began to enjoy the blessings of 2024 as far back as August. I didn't wait. Oh, yes. By faith, I keyed into eternity. And I said, if it's a blessing for that season, I receive it now. And I put systems in place so I can bring it to pass. All right. I had the Lord said, my church must go forth and conquer, for you are my bride and I've given you victory. You must be bold in the coming year. Okay, pastor, I, I'll see what I can do with this prophetic word for you. I have some prophetic words for your pastor and then for your pastor's wife. Okay, let me just give you those words. Because I want to preach, but... When you come, the Bible says, speak to the angel of the house. In a vision, I saw an overseen and extension role, starting with two and three cities in particular, come upon you. It was almost like a merging of another man's ministry, which was in a different location being added to what you're doing. The Bible, I saw the Lord say, the battle will be that the people will say, but you are our pastor. And the Lord will say to you, but you are my apostles, even to this city and many nations. The Lord says the wisdom key to settle this issue once and for all is coming many days from now. The Lord, I heard the Lord say, Proverbs 20 verse 6 over you. It says, many claim they are unfailing love, but a faithful person who shall find. The Lord said, in this season of transition, I am hearing the Lord say that the, I will speak to that spiritual father who it's time for him to pass the torch and he will pass on this legacy onto you. There's a changing of the guard. And the difference is that 
I have chosen for the expansion of my kingdom in this time. The Lord said, I am establishing you right now and giving you a school of mighty warriors and you will raise not just the young but the mature and you will gather them and equip them through the things I have shown you. This is a season of more fruitfulness for your assignment. The sons and daughters you raise will take the land I've given you. And I have something. So I'll pray for you about it towards the end of the service. And then Woman of God, please, what's your name? Robin. Wow. I saw the Lord in a vision. I saw you and you were covered in a cloth almost with chills. And the Lord said, in this season, I'm doing something. I'm breaking off traumatic experiences. And I even saw daggers of betrayals which were sent to you. And you were in a period of recovery. But the Lord says that your flavor will return in this season i am making you new and i'm putting your song back and i give you placement in this city the lord said that there's an extension of your authority in this city and the lord says that that traumatic experience is broken and those tears will never be anymore amen all right i hope you're recording these things our protocol is always record these words all right now the last one is the most exciting one for the church i saw arise in this church a generation of men like Solomon with the apostolic strength of Paul, they rose to establish and stabilize for they had come wolves amongst the brethren to scatter the church. And the Lord says, I bring these Solomon type of men with the apostolic strength of Paul to expand the commission. And the Lord says, the government and the administration will be upon their shoulders. They will govern with excellence and move things to a new dimension, saith the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord. Do I have some few more minutes? I want to keep going. Can I go? All right. And then, I want to teach today. So, let me be done with sharing the prophetic messages then I saw floods come upon the earth. And the Lord said, in the coming year, it will be a year of excesses and lots of flooding, which will ravage people on every side. Pray lest you are drowned with the many evil rivers which shall come to overtake my people. The rise of men who will learn the art of riding the storm and riding and thriving upon the evil waters. God showed me that the advancement in the church is coming because the church is going to learn the skill of being like surface. They will take time to learn to surf the waves. And as everything is coming as evil waters to bring a distraction, the Lord will cause these ones to arise. He said it's time to be bold and learn the art of thriving in the midst of evil waters. For what is coming in this coming year, it's not possible for you to pray it away. It's time for you to go forth through the Jordan and through the Red Sea, lest we die. So God said that you need boldness to go forward, but you need the art of thriving in the midst of many evil waters. 
and I see that God will, will see it in the news, a flood here, a flood here, a flood here, as a physical sign for what is about to happen. Hallelujah. All right, so tonight I want to share something, this morning I want to share something with you that will be a blessing because I love to teach God's word. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10, and I'll try and do this quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, according to the grace which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another their own buildings let everyone be careful how he built one of the anointings which is very important in this coming year because of the kind of floods which are coming upon the earth is the anointing to build you would hear a lot of people pioneering new things because god is creating new systems for us to thrive in the midst of the storm and so we see in the bible in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4 the Bible says every house is built by someone but the Lord God Almighty is the builder of everything God is going to give the church wisdom to be able to now build many different things and systems so that we can thrive in what is coming the Lord is building in the new year he's building according to his pattern from heaven what is a pattern a pattern is a particular way something is done and is organized it's a guide it's a model it's a blueprint it's a template it's a standard this year God is just talking about the patterns because if you're going to build you if you've ever built anything you know that it all starts with the architectural plan God is going to be showing architectural plans to people, patterns for building new things. This year, God is building marriages. He's building ministries. He's building leadership styles. He's building churches. But the most important thing is God is building new cities. I saw that God was releasing a new template for Tallahassee. And now God would begin to show us how to build this city for his glory. He said unto Tallahassee, you will be like the new Bethlehem. And out of you shall arise a king and a ruler. I saw the Lord began to touch specific leaders from around the world to come to Tallahassee and would come to learn about what God has begun to do in this region. I see God was touching North Florida and begin to give us blueprints. We will not just be a political force to reckon with, we will begin to be a force to reckon with in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of business. Listen, people go to Panama City and people go to Destin, get ready, people are coming to North Florida, Tallahassee. They are coming to this Tallahassee and Crawfordville region because we are carrying the solution for the world. God is building a new type of city. I saw it happening in the coming year from this year forward we will begin to see the buildings of the lord so i want to just share about that in the next few minutes and then minister to some people because of time the first thing i saw in the realm of the spirit do i have some time pastor okay revelation 11 verse 19 if we're going to be excited about building what god is building we need to understand revelation chapter 11 verse 19 let's look at it the Bible says in Revelation chapter 11, verse 19, And the temple of the Lord, which was opened in heaven, there was seen in the temple the ark of the testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and earthquakes and a great hail. Can you see it? And so John is being shown a vision. And the amazing thing he sees in this vision is that there's a temple in heaven. 
There's a whole sanctuary. There is a whole building in heaven. He sees, yes, a city and other things. But in this vision, he sees a temple. And then he says, there was in the temple the Ark of the Testament or the Ark of the Covenant. This is in Revelations 11, verse 19. Before the Lamb was slain, there was already a temple in the heavens. If you were to understand how kingdom does building, it's according to a pattern of what is in the heavens. It's like praying Matthew chapter 6, let it now be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so unlike the Old Testament saints who built with hope of what, would, what is to come, we have the revelation of what is and build here on earth. And so God began to raise men, and I'm saying this hopefully to be a blessing, it, God began to raise men. I was at home. I woke up to around 2 a.m. And I was walking in my kitchen. And all of a sudden, the Ark of the Covenant appeared in my home. And I said, what's happening here? And the Lord began to speak to me from the Ark of the Covenant and gave me instructions. At that time, I was preparing to pack my bags and leave Tallahassee. I was going to sell my house. I was leaving the city. And I said, Lord, I will only come here as a messenger to preach your gospel. And the Ark of the Covenant appeared in my home. And my wife said, you mean you're going to sell a house with the Ark of the Covenant in it? (laughs) And she asked me, your whole life, have you seen the Ark of the Covenant in any building? And I said, no. So what's wrong with you? Why are you leaving the city when the Ark of the Covenant has appeared in Tallahassee? And I began to see God's face. And the Lord showed me about the coming floods. So, in the Bible, we see arcs appear. And the first arc is in Genesis chapter 6, speaking to us about Noah's ark because of time. So, Genesis 6, chapter 11 to 17, Noah is commanded to build an ark. How many people know about the ark of Noah? And in the ark of Noah, he builds it for the salvation of all creation to house the world. And the Lord says, now has come the time for my church to learn to build an ark like Noah. The Bible said in the end, it'll be like the times of Noah. God is commanding people to put up systems and structures like Noah, which can preserve a whole world, which can preserve a whole generation. The church cannot think too small about me, myself, and I. We must recognize that the world will perish unless we have the right systems and structures in place. The amazing thing about Noah's ark is that the lions sat with the lamb without eating them. Why? There was structure. They built the ark in a way that the lions did not eat the lambs. If we will not put structures in the earth, the earth will not be preserved. So the first kind of ark that God is going to use us to build is going to be a system and a structure that can preserve even the world from decay and from the coming destruction. Some of you, God will give you business ideas. Some of you, God will give you ideas for government. Tyler Perry is doing a good job so far, at least sometimes, right? (laughs) With entertainment. But God is going to give us systems and structures to preserve the whole world. I don't have time to talk too much about that. Maybe another time I'll give the notes to your pastor. He'll preach it. (laughs) The next kind of ark we see in the Bible in Exodus chapter 2 verse 3. Let's go. 
In Exodus chapter 2 verse 3, we see a strange ark. And this is what I came to talk to Tallahassee about. And when she could no longer hide him, and when she could no longer hide him, and when she could no longer hide him, do you know what has happened? The church of Jesus Christ has been hiding. We're staying in our own corner and hiding. He said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And we come to church and we dance and we are just happy and just happy. And the Bible says, when the mother of Moses could not, see God has turned the season where even in America, we cannot hide our children anymore. God has turned a season where the very elect, if we do not shift and build the right systems and structure, will be destroyed by a Pharaoh which is thirsty for blood. And so the Bible says, when she could no longer hide him, she made of him an ark. Listen, the second kind of building or ark system the Lord is commanding us to build is a system or an ark that will preserve the remnant. That will preserve individuals, our children, for God is restructuring the family system. And he's saying that it's time, it's time to rebuild the family system. The remnant need to be trained to Fear the Lord and live righteously. But this is not going to happen by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say some things and I might not be invited to this church before again, but I'll say it. Listen. The time has come for the church to stop chasing titles and influence who has a bigger church, who is a more anointed prophet, who is a more anointed apostle, and they did not call me senior pastor, and they did not call me prophet so and so, and they did not call me evangelist Tracy. So you'll come to church and you just want us to call you evangelist Tracy. But the Bible said in Matthew chapter 28, go and make ye disciples of all nations we are here chasing titles where our children are going to hell who is discipling the children who is discipling the next generation instead of rising up like the mother of Moses and say we are the fathers and the mothers of this situation of this generation and we are going to put boundaries we are going to create a system that this generation will not be lost that the generation coming up the teens will know Christ at a young age like you got to know Jesus it's time for you to say God use my hand to build an ark there must come boldness and a holy desperation where we can give ourselves no rest because we are losing a generation and the next generation of preachers do not have the fathers and mothers to give them the systems to be preserved. How will we survive in the midst of many evil waters? 
where are the spiritual parents who stand in the gap you know people talk about five seven eight four and very few people talk about another prophetess another prophetess was 84 years and the bible says that she was widowed at a young age and she stayed in the temple it says there's a generation coming and the bible said she did not give up she kept praying kept praying he said guess what there might be a change in pastor but pastors but i know that there's a generation there's a remnant rising there's a savior coming the bible says she waited on the lord with prayer and fasting the lord is calling the church to come into a place of mothering and discipling and raising men listen if you came to this church and you have no desire you see the word discipleship the root word is discipline ones no one goes for discipline when their life is straight in already and so one of the reasons we embrace discipline times who feel me in the bible and in church history we see internal disciplines we see external disciplines and we see communal disciplines if we're going to establish a strong church internal disciplines are like prayer individual prayer internal disciplines are like meditation are like bible study these meetings are the meetings less attended by those we call members of our church so there are no more disciples there's something else what do we call them we call them people who give us a good offering people who come to the stage and sing songs where's the worship leader come who sing a song together oh you see what you want to in me have you way where's the worship leader i'm waiting for you till you see what oh allow me <laughs> till you see what you want to in me do you know it have you okay give us your favorite worship song um how great is our god all right go how great is our god yeah sing with me how great see is our god oh sing how great how great is our god come on sing how great is our god sing with me how great is our god all oh, will see how great how great is our god so as a spiritual leader in this church a father and mother instead of seeing her as a lady you can sleep with instead of seeing her as someone who is taking your place in the church the lord says disciple her teach her to love the lord teach her to fear the lord she's not your condition you need to build an art to protect this gift instead of whispering in her ear how much does pastor pay you every sunday 
you know you could get better at this other church they take you for granted instead of being true mothers and fathers raising disciples we are poisoning this generation the time has come for us to create a structure an ark to preserve the coming generation hallelujah oh because of time Let's see exodus 37 speaks about the last ark and then i'm not going to talk anymore because of time i need to minister we need to go it speaks about the ark of the covenant exodus 37 1 and 2 and bezalel the, made the ark of shittim wood two cubits and a half verse 2 and he overlaid it with pure gold and without and made a crown of gold round about it so we see that god raised a man with wisdom to create an ark now before we move and become old testament and everyone is going to start trying to start their own churches and do their own things in the new testament and time will not allow me we see god is building arcs temples and cities and as a believer your heart your heart your spirit is where the ark of god sits and your body is that temple in Exodus 37, God gives another type of ark. And this ark has one, one reason and one reason alone. It's going to be a place where God's presence will be carried. So they, it was a symbol of the presence of God inhabiting an object. But in the ark, we found the holy covenant and so our heart is the ark you are the ark of god on two feet as you're walking up and down in your heart you carry the word of life the holy covenant of god but god has chosen that in you in you in you all those who believe is hidden a treasure in earthing vessels we're not just people who are trying to come to church and be good christians Second Corinthians chapter 4 says that there is a treasure in earthen vessels. Each one of us carry his presence. My question for you this morning is, how are you carrying his presence? How are you carrying the ark of God in your heart wherever you go? Because this is what the world did not plan for. They thought about physical arcs. And so they built the ark according to the pattern of an ark in heaven. But now God bypassed all these physical systems and now entered the hearts of men and says, men and women can carry my presence. Your heart can carry God's presence and bring transformation. And so what would happen is that men and women must learn to cultivate their heart so their heart can carry God. Have you ever thought about it? It's that your heart is to carry God. If our hearts carry God, then why are there so many problems around our lives? It's because our hearts are not carrying God properly. So in the coming year, we're going to learn how to carry God. Because the Bible shows us about what happens when you don't carry God properly. The world is tired of people who speak in tongues in church 
and are struggling just like them every other day if you carry the presence of god there should be a clear testament we need to learn the art of carrying his presence time will fill me to talk about the temples and the cities but it is important that we begin to understand that god's master plan for the end time is not building another church is building you we are the new temple he's building there's an eternal temple in heaven but on this earth it's you and me and when we come together as people who carry his ark there's an explosion in his presence hallelujah and so tonight this morning i want to share with you that god is inviting you to carry his presence because the world is full of so much darkness and it's not those who sing hallelujah it's not those who dance in church those who pay their tithes it's those who carry his presence in their hearts who will make a difference hallelujah amen Thank you again, my friend, for listening to our radio broadcast of Truth Gathers Dream Center Church. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And every time we hear his word, we're able to grow thereby. My friend, I also want to invite you to our service. Maybe you have a free Sunday coming up real soon. We'd love to see you at 1317 High Road here in Tallahassee. Truth gathers dreams in a church. God bless you until the next time right here on Wave 94.